I'll get to episode 238 in just a moment. But before we do, I'd like to ask for your support of the Keystone chapter of the National Federation of the Blind of Pennsylvania. Please purchase raffle tickets for our Dinner for a Week fundraiser. And what you get for a $5 purchase of one raffle ticket or $10 for three raffle tickets, you get a chance to win $275 worth of gift cards for restaurants around the United States and Canada. $25 each for Outback, Panera, Chipotle, Cracker Barrel, and Subway. $75 each for Chili's, and for Red Robin, a total of two seventy-five. Go to ICan'tSeeYou.com/dinner. That's for the Keystone Chapters Dinner for a Week fundraiser. I really do appreciate your support. Thank you, and please reach out if you have any questions. From Studio B in Swarthmore, this is the I Can't See You podcast with David. It's like blind people for dummies. Hello there, and welcome to episode 238 of I Can't See You. My name is David, at David Benj on all the socials. I really do appreciate you joining me for this episode, and it's been a few days of not being able to record it. <laughs> and I will get into that in a second, but I really do appreciate you joining. Today's episode, after I give you a little background, is going to be strictly about the National Federation of the Blind National Convention that I was at last week in Houston. What I brought home with me from Houston kind of stopped me from recording for the last few days. And Liz and Jacob can't say I didn't bring them anything. I brought them COVID home. <laughs> and so we've all been battling it. Honestly, I don't think it's been that bad. My voice up until today has sounded horrible. And I haven't really been able to speak <laughs> very well, and, and maybe I'm not speaking well now, but my voice was terrible, so I have held off on recording because it sounded so bad. Liz and Jake are about two or three days behind me. I started showing symptoms on Sunday the 9th. Again, I returned home from Houston on Friday the 7th, went and did some Keystone stuff on Saturday Recorded last episode, episode 237, last Saturday night, and I was fine. And then Sunday I woke up, I didn't feel great, I was very lackadaisical, and hey, I should edit that podcast episode, but I didn't feel like it. And as time went on, by Sunday night I had a fever, <laughs> and I haven't set up, I got one of those thermometers that... I could see, quote unquote, seeing, you know, here because I could use an app on my phone, but I haven't set it up yet. So I'm still using a thermometer that I can't read. <laughs> so what I was doing, I was taking my temperature right before I went to bed. I took my temperature and then I quickly took a picture of it on my phone and sent it to Liz to see if I did have a fever. Now, I, the one thermometer that we have, I can kind of see it shows in colors, green, obviously for good. Yellow for, uh, it's getting up there. And then red for, you've got a fever. And mine was red, and I, it, it looked like it was over 100. It, I could kind of tell it was over 100. I just couldn't tell 100 what. And I sent the picture to Liz, and she said it was 101.2, so not horrible. That was Sunday night. Monday night, had a fever again. Not quite as bad, right around 100. And since then, and I, I'm recording this late on Saturday night. Well, actually, I'm recording this early on Sunday morning. It is uh, roughly around 1230 a.m. on Sunday morning, the whatever the date is, the 16th of July. So it's been a struggle to just <laughs> to be motivated. I've been moving, as I said to someone, I've been moving at half speed. I have been getting a little bit more sleep. Some would argue that it's not, still not enough. But when I need to, I take a nap. Sometimes I take a 10-minute nap. Sometimes I take an hour and 10-minute nap, and, and I'm good to go for a while. The last few days, I've been going on short walks with Ziggy and Liz, and that's been kind of fun to do because I haven't really been going on walks with them for quite a while. But I, I just felt like it was a good idea to do. Maybe I'm crazy and I shouldn't be doing that. 
But I do feel pretty good. I never felt, like I said, I never felt horrible. Somebody said, well, weren't you really achy? I'm achy every day. And I'm really achy on days when it's going to be stormy out. And last Sunday, I was very achy. But we were having a lot of storms here. Again, plus the psoriatic arthritis. So looking back on it, was I maybe more achy than normal? Probably. But at the time, I thought, you know, it wasn't, wasn't horribly different from most stormy days with psoriatic arthritis. So I will be taking a lot of <laughs> breaks to cough and clear my throat. But again, I sound a lot better today than I did even just yesterday. And each day I felt better as time has gone on. Now, there's been some days where I've had to blow my nose a lot. And that's one thing. I've been very congested. Uh, the, the one thing that I hope comes back soon, and it seems like it started to today, a day or two ago, I lost my sense of smell and taste, which sometimes isn't a bad thing. But when you're eating something you really like and you can't really taste it, uh, it's a little different. And it's not that I could, I didn't taste anything. If it was salty, I could taste the salty. If it was spicy, uh, I could feel the burn on my tongue and taste a little bit of that. And, you know, now that I say that, <laughs> my mouth is watering. <laughs> So I still could taste a little. Smell, I couldn't smell anything for the most part. Now today, Jacob had made coffee in the French press. And because it's glass, I didn't like that sitting in the kitchen sink. So I cleaned it and I could smell the coffee. And it smelled so good. And I don't drink coffee very often, but it smelled so good. And as I cleaned it, I thought, okay, well, that's good. I'm smelling a little bit more. When I took, I am still on a very low dose of prednisone. When I took that pill, I'm like, ooh, that tastes terrible. I'm like, wait a minute, that tastes terrible. That's great. So I can taste, I can taste terrible things <laughs> like that. But I'm not going to keep going on this because obviously a lot of folks have had COVID. Again, seem like it's pretty mild for me. Liz and Jacob both seem a little bit better today. Jacob's had a fever. I don't know that Liz ever actually had a fever over 100. She may have had a low-grade fever, but I don't know. So I'm sure they're very appreciative of what I brought them back from Houston. <laughs> the only one who really got something from Houston was Ziggy, and it was a uh, UPS doll, uh, one of those... Uh, stress type of material, which we give to him from time to time, and he can chew on that. And so far, he hasn't actually broken any parts off. One of the feet of this little dollar, eh, getting close, so we really have to watch him when he when he chews on it. Other than that, the only thing I brought back was COVID. And, uh, <laughs> and it turns out, I would have never even imagined it was COVID, but I was talking to NFB of Pennsylvania President Lynn Heights last Monday after I started feeling crappy. And she said, oh, yeah, I... Uh, there was something going around the president's list serve with, uh, with all the affiliate presidents uh, are on, and evidently COVID was going around. And I said, oh, interesting. I said, I haven't felt great. I wonder if I have it. Tuesday, I took a test because Wednesday, I had some things to do. I was bummed that I missed it. So obviously, Tuesday, when I, got, I took the test, I came back positive. It's probably the only time in my life I've ever been <laughs> positive about anything. But um, seems like I'm getting through it. Seems like Liz and Jacob are getting through it. We kind of even thought Ziggy had something. Again, not 100% sure. He was just very lethargic for a couple days earlier in the week, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. He has been a lot better lately as well. Things are good there. Um, and we'll move on to what I wanted to talk about, which, as I said in the last episode, it was going to be one item. And COVID was related to the convention because that's where I got it. What is the National Federation of the Blind National Convention? Why do you have such a thing? And what it is, and in this case in Houston, from the 1st through the 6th of July, it was 2,500 or so blind folks getting together, if you could just imagine that. I like to say that the hotel lobby at the Hilton Americas <laughs> was like going playing a game of asteroid because people are coming every which way. And one thing that, and I'll touch on this in a, in another episode because it's, it kind of transcends any, any convention talk. But one thing that I know from the convention, whether it was helping my friends, Ed and Brian and some others to helping folks that I didn't know, even the little bit of sight that I have. And again, 
mine fluctuates between 20 over 400 to finger counting at, at feet, at a few feet. And I, I have to say that when I, when, when I was, had the fever those two nights, I couldn't see anything. I had to use voiceover for everything I did on my computer. And thank God what I was watching Jack Ryan on Amazon I was able to, uh, I, you know, I turned on audio description. There was no way I could watch that. And I wouldn't have watched that. I've watched the last two seasons of that, or actually three seasons with, uh, of that with audio description. I don't remember if I did the first season. I probably did, but I don't remember. So what the convention is, of all those nights, it is a way to inform all the members. It's a way that they conduct business. For example, each of the states have their individual state meetings at the event. Pennsylvania had our meeting on Monday night. And basically the president, Lynn Heights, talks about everything that's going on within the affiliate, the National Federation of the Blind of Pennsylvania. We talked about the website. We talked about a few other things. And it was held both in person in Houston, but also via Zoom because a lot of folks didn't go and everybody was able to participate. And I don't know how many people were online for the event, but I know there was around 38 people in the room. Most everybody from Pennsylvania who was there at the convention showed up that night. We got to hear from the scholarship winners, Ashley and Joanne, and that was nice. We had them on episode 076 of White Canes Connect with Preston and Simon but it was not we I, I also did push <laughs> white canes connect to everyone there. So that was fun. There are demonstrations by different software and hardware manufacturers, the folks from OCO, which is that walk don't walk app that you basically hold your phone up and point it across the street where you think the walk, don't walk sign is, and it'll tell you when it's safe to go. I talked about it a few weeks ago on an episode at one of my favorite intersections that didn't have a audible alert for the walk, don't walk sign. I got excited. I got to use Oco. And when I got to that intersection, they had, they made it an audio um, alert intersection. So I didn't need the OCO app for that. And all around Houston, when we were downtown, most of the intersections had an audible alert. Now, there were a couple where it was either far away from the corner, so it was hard to hear. And we tried OCO one night on that, but there were so many lights so so close that we had trouble hearing and having it working properly. We, we really didn't trust it. We actually, <laughs> we actually waited and crossed, usually when there were other folks crossing. It was a weird intersection. It was a very weird intersection. But they were there. They did a presentation. I was at their session. Funny, on the way to that session, which was, I want to say it was Sunday morning. I can't quite remember if it was Sunday morning or Saturday morning. But I went to that session, and on my way, I'm walking down this hallway towards the room, and I hear somebody call out my name. And this girl approaches me and she said, David, oh, it is you. She said, I saw your cup and I had a Starbucks cup in my hand. And she could see my name, David, on it. So I could clearly tell she wasn't blind. She said, I wasn't sure it was you, but I saw your name on your cup. And then I saw your T-shirt. And the T-shirt that I wore that day was my I Can't See You podcast t-shirt. And a couple of people, as I was passing them in the hallways and things like that, said, oh, I love your shirt. <laughs> and I was very happy that I had it on, so I was glad I took it. Uh, but she saw my shirt, and her name was Charlotte, and I was just on her podcast. It came out last week. Now, I thought I had posted about it on Instagram from Houston, but for some reason it didn't post. So I will link to it in the show notes. It's called Stories of Vision Loss. And again, Charlotte hosts it, and it is available wherever you get podcasts. I'll link to it in the show notes. They also have a website. And Max Ivey had talked to me about and introduced us. And I had recorded it a while ago with her, but I'll link to that. I was on episode 19. And like I said, that came out about a week ago as you're listening to this but I listened to it last night. I thought, mm, I sound pretty good on it. Uh, there were a couple of issues, and I wonder if I was looking not 
facing the microphone a couple of times. And if you listen, you can kind of hear that. But I thought otherwise the sound was good. No hum. And that brings me up just for a side note to last week's episode. I used the recording from within the Zoom PodTrack P4, not recorded to my computer, but right into the Zoom. I took the file from there and then edited it on my computer. So if you thought last week sounded a little better than it has as of late, that is why. So it was nice to sit in with the Oko guys because it was packed in there and a lot of people had questions. Some of them were really good questions <laughs> and others were just so crazy. I don't know what they think that these people are magicians. I don't know what they think, but some of the questions were just so off the wall crazy. It was unreal. And <laughs> I, I felt bad because uh, William, uh, the guy who was doing the presentation from Oko, said and answered them as politely <laughs> as he could. And it, he did a great job. It was just unreal. I mean, it was just nuts, some of them. And I don't remember off the top of my head, but it was, I, I just remember shaking my head as these people are asking these wacky questions. So that's what goes on in the first couple of days. There are sessions like that. There were a couple of sessions that I did. One was for, they don't call them webmasters anymore, just like they don't call the primary bedroom in a house a master bedroom. They are called web coordinators. There was a web coordinators meeting, and that was really good because I kind of got on the same page now with what's going on with the various affiliate websites around the NFB. We were at the very end of the upgrade list, and everybody is upgrading to Drupal, which NFB, the national folks, are paying for and hosting. So there's no fees there, and that's the beauty of it. What's not so beautiful is Pennsylvania, like I said, is near the very end of the list. And that's why I created the website, because we needed something done in a hurry. And not that I did it in a hurry, but <laughs> but we needed something to fill the void between the time the new one comes out and the old antiquated one can get put down. It just needs to go because it, it's just so outdated, it's not funny. I'll stop beating that horse. But it was great to hear from the different folks from around the country. There were folks from Texas there. There was a guy from either Wyoming or Montana. I don't remember. Way out there. Big Sky Country. His name was Reggie. And there was also someone, the director of communications for the NFB. Her name is Stephanie. She was there, and she had a lot of information to tell us. So that part was all good. And I felt like I was more on the same page as Brian Mackey, who was the webmaster, uh, pardon me, the web coordinator for Pennsylvania. And now we both kind of do it. So that was done. There was a NFB Newsline meeting session that was a couple of hours long. And again, I'm the coordinator for NFB Newsline in Pennsylvania. When somebody has someone to sign up for the service, I'm the one that gets the application and enters it into the system so these folks can then use Newsline. And what Newsline is, it's an audio source of about 575 newspapers and magazines and so forth. And I've talked about this before. For the most part, I don't use it. And it's terrible because it's a great service. But when I do use it, I use it for things like the Wall Street Journal, which is behind a paywall. So if I am online on my phone and I get to an article in the Wall Street Journal and I can only read a few sentences, I will then go to Newsline, go to the Newsline app, and then I can read the whole thing. And when I say read, of course, listen, no one who is blind can actually read it and their phone reads it. And the other nice thing is there are the user experience is a lot better than most websites, whether it's CNN or ESPN or any of them, where there's ads everywhere. And sometimes it's hard to get through the ads, past the ads with voiceover. For example, if you're on a site that has a video ad, video will end in three seconds. And then you try to start that same paragraph again. And then it still counts down. Video will end in two seconds. And it just constantly takes the focus away from the article. You're listening to stuff like that. So that 
that stuff is good. It's also great for older folks who are used to reading the newspaper who may not really be great with an app on their phone, but can use a touchtone telephone or even their mobile. And what they can do, you use your phone to control everything about it. And that's how it started. It initially started just over the phone, any touchtone phone. Using the keypad, you can fast forward, you can rewind, you can find different articles, different sections of the newspaper. For example, the New York Times, all the sections are available every day. And you can just go to section by section and read the whole thing or pick and choose whichever you want to do. So we were in that and they're trying to reinvigorate that program. I had trained for that back in 2019 down in Baltimore in March of 2019. And the one thing I haven't done um, probably since 2019 is go out and do presentations to folks. I did a few in 2019 and then of course COVID came. And I, I think I mentioned it on a previous podcast, probably going back a few years. It is incredible how places who you would think would want to have somebody come in and do a presentation that would help their do you call folks in senior care places customers, residents, I guess? Whatever they're called. Some of them were very receptive to having me come in. Maris Grove, for example. And I was able to sign some folks up there. Others wouldn't even return my call. So, I, you know, I get it, I guess. They, they, they're not interested and think I'm trying to sell something. And the service is free. You just have to be blind, visually impaired, or some, somehow print disabled, meaning you're dyslexic, whatever. And you can get it. So I was in a meeting there. That was two hours. Now, I was kind of disappointed because during that meeting, Stacy both called and texted me. She was with Ann Cunningham, who we had on episode 077 of White Canes Connect. And I really wanted to meet her in person because we had had her on the episode. It wasn't, we, we wasn't that long before the convention that we had her on. And I would have loved to have met her. But by the time I got done with Newsline... She and Stacy had gone their separate ways, and I couldn't connect with Anne. Anne had emailed me since and said that she didn't stay the whole time at the convention. Other things included demonstrations on devices, appliances for your kitchen that are accessible, whether it's accessible on their own or accessible via Alexa or accessible via an app for your iPhone. And some are, again, more accessible than others, but it takes a, an item from being something you can't use because maybe it's just got a touch screen on it to being able to use it to a degree where you can prepare microwave popcorn or, or something else, or whether it's like an Instapot or an air fryer, things like that. Very, it was very interesting. And there was a chef on who was classically trained and then lost her vision. And now she is trying to help folks learn how to cook without vision. I really enjoyed her presentation and I spoke with the husband after because they were looking for a way to get the presentation, her presentation out as a podcast. And I approached them and said, look, if you get me the audio file, I can make it a podcast episode for White Canes Connect, which is affiliated with the National Federation of the Blind of Pennsylvania. So that was Sunday. Then Monday, similar things in the morning, but in the afternoon... There were other things. There were sessions for the National Association of Guide Dog Users, or NAGDU. In Pennsylvania, it's called PAGDU. <laughs> uh, also in the afternoon, there was a presentation, a session for the National Association of Blind Merchants, which I joined. So now I'm part of that as well, and I participated in that session. That was a few hours long. And that was interesting to hear the national perspective of what's going on, because I hear the Pennsylvania perspective all the time and how we're losing members and things like that. And it seems like there are some other states that have issues as well. On Monday night, like I mentioned, late Monday was the Pennsylvania caucus where everyone from the NFB of Pennsylvania went to a room and we talked about things within the affiliate. Tuesday, the 4th of July, general sessions kicked off. And general sessions is over the course of three days. And I missed probably <laughs> the most important 
part of the general sessions, which is the presidential report. Now I can go back and listen to it via, it's on YouTube, and I think there's audio files available too. But general sessions have different people from within the NFB, different companies outside of the NFB. And this is what I thought was cool. They had people, they had someone from Uber there. There is a lot of contention between the rideshare services and the NFB because they are constantly refusing folks with guide dogs. You cannot refuse to take someone with a guide dog. A guide dog is not a pet. A guide dog is not Ziggy. In fact, I, tr- I tried it today on the walk with him. He was sitting. I said, Ziggy, forward. He just sat there. I said, Ziggy, find the door. Nothing. Ziggy, find the elevator. Didn't move. Now, maybe since we were outside, he knew there weren't any elevators out there. But that's beside the point. You can't, if you drive for Lyft or Uber or any of the others that there may be, you can't refuse a guide dog. And it happened to my friend Brian in Seattle by Lyft. They were, Ed and Brian were in Seattle for the All-Star game. They get out of the airport and get into the Lyft. Wes gets in. And the guy said, I don't want any effing dog in my car. Get out. Brian said, it's the law you have to take us. I don't have to do blank, 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 blank. And they got out. And just so happens, another Lyft driver saw everything go down. And they were able to report it. Because after the incident, it was like there was no record of Brian getting that ride. Or trying to get that ride. So the fact that someone from Uber came to speak to Again, 2,500 crazy blind people that, you know, (laughs) want answers for that. Because a lot of folks have guide dogs, and there were a lot of dogs there. And it's funny to see the difference between some dogs. Some of the newer dogs who maybe still are young and still learning, you could hear them. They were barking. Occasionally, not often, but guides usually don't bark. Wesley never barked when I was with... Brian and Ed and Wes. But Brian did say Wes likes other dogs and has a distraction when there's other dogs. And of course, like I said, there were a lot of other dogs there. I don't remember what the count was of how many folks had guide dogs there, but it was hundreds. And that was very cool. So the fact that this lady from Uber came to talk to the group Outstanding. The fact that she had the balls to show up. Another guy that showed up (laughs) who has had issues, this organization, American Foundation for the Blind, has had issues in the past with the NFB, and they've battled. He showed up. He was a new member, a new president. He's only been on the job a few months. He showed up and talked And people were courteous towards him. And there were a couple other folks there, and I I don't remember off the top. But it was nice that they showed up, that they had the guts to stand in front of all these folks. And when you sit in general sessions, you're sitting in your state delegation. So uh, it just so happens this year, Pennsylvania was right up front. So it was kind of cool. Again, not that it matters. We all can't see. But it was great because there was a speaker right in front and it made it easy to hear even when people were talking around. And some people, there was somebody not too far away. We were, of course, right in front of Puerto Rico. So someone was getting the translation, the audio translation into Spanish so they could hear what the folks were saying. And I could hear their device going with the translation. It was kind of annoying to me, I'm not going to lie. I thought somebody was texting and doing things like that because that's another thing that you hear when you have 2,500 blind people. You hear a lot of iPhones talking (laughs) to their users. And it gets kind of annoying. and um, But this person was, like I said, getting the Spanish translation. So that goes on for three days. There's a morning session from 9 to noon, and then there's an afternoon session from 2 to 5. I missed the July 4th afternoon session because I was at the Astros game. That'll be next episode where I talk about the extracurriculars. And again, I was hoping that I was going to bang these episodes out, bing, bang, boom. I did the one last Saturday 
on the 8th. I was hoping I'd edit that pretty quickly and do the next one another day or two later and then do the next one another day or two later once I edited them. But COVID happened and I was lazy. So three days of nine to noon and that part was neat. And I, one of the things they do during general sessions, they do door prizes. And they, they do the door prizes to keep people there because you got to be there to win. I, my name was never called. Somebody in Pennsylvania's name was called, but she had run to the bathroom, so she didn't get it. It was 100 bucks. It's, it's a shame. And also, people could listen to the general sessions on Zoom, which they also did door prizes during the banquet, which I'll get to the banquet in a few minutes. But that's how it went. So my day, basically, when I'd get down to the hotel, again, because I was at the hotel down the street, I'd get to the hotel, usually get Starbucks, after having breakfast at the Embassy Suites, usually get Starbucks and then go to the morning session. Once morning session ended, I'd talk to some people if I bumped into them, sometimes literally. And then I'd head back to the Embassy Suites where I'd eat a protein bar, which I absolutely love these, these kind bars, crunchy peanut butter. They have a lot of protein in them. They're delicious. I'll put a, <laughs> put a link in the show notes that you can check them out. I, I love them. I eat them anytime on the weekends if I have something to do. Usually on the weekends, I don't really eat breakfast because I usually eat a bigger lunch and then eat more for dinner and you know maybe eat a little few more sweets. Once I would go back to the hotel, I'd eat the kind bar, maybe take a nap or talk to Liz or do something like that. I'd come back to the hotel for 1.30, again, go to Starbucks. Usually in the afternoon, <laughs> I had a hot caramel macchiato. As I mentioned last week, most of the days there, the first two days it was over 100. The rest of the week, with the exception of the last day of the convention, it was in the mid-90s. The last day of the convention, I think it only hit around 90 or 91. So I was always freezing once I was in the hotel, and I needed the caffeine to keep me awake the rest of the, the, rest of the sessions. We'd go till 5. At that point, we'd get done, and try to connect with people, whether it was Brian and Ed, what we were going to do that night for dinner, or it was Keystone Chapter folks one night. We all had dinner. Turns out at least two of us had COVID at that dinner. We didn't know it. And then the last night was the banquet. So nine to noon, two to five, that was for Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Now, I mentioned a banquet. And the banquet was on Thursday night. That's always the last thing. And then the last door prize is always a good one. It's usually the amount of money in dollars as the year. So this year it's 2023. So the Texas affiliate, the NFB of Texas, gave away $2,023, which would have been cool to win. It also would have been cool to win. They did this collection. It was a, I forget a Give 20, it was called. And you give 20, and then there's companies that match that 20. So they raised a lot of money there. I want to say they raised uh, about $25,000, $30,000 for the folks who donated, and then, of course, the corporate folks match that. They were giving away one prize of all-expense-paid trip to next year's convention, which would have been cool and would have made it more exciting and more interesting for me to go to Orlando. Not excited for Orlando for a couple of reasons. They don't have a Major League Baseball team. Where the convention is isn't in the city, but it's a resort. So, okay, that part is cool, but I like going out to the different restaurants. Like where we were in Houston, great. So many restaurants around us. The ballpark a few blocks away. Everything just close by. And I love that. And even when I went to the museum on Friday morning after the convention was over, before I flew out that night, also only about a 10-minute Uber ride. So that was very cool. But again, in Orlando, not like that. Not interested in going to Disney. Never a huge Disney fan. And for what you pay to go to Disney, many times, if you're going just to, let's say, Disney, you could go to the places I would rather go, whether it's France, Spain, Italy. I mean, they, they all have places in Epcot you could go to. But I'd rather go to the real place and spend that kind of money and do that. 
uh, then go there. And I know some folks love Disney. Liz's sister, Margaret, loves Disney. I don't know if she's been back lately, but she used to go almost every year. My friend Dan, who co-founded Digital Graphics Design, he goes many times a year because they live nearby and they get the Florida pricing for that. So they will sometimes go just for dinner. And I get that part too, to go to some of the great restaurants that are there. But for me to pay the price to go in, it's just not worth it to me. So I know some folks are excited for Orlando and they were in Orlando for many years in a row. I want to say six or eight years in a row, they went to the same resort. And I'm not sure if this is the same resort or a sister to that resort. I don't know. But I've never been to the Orlando convention. Actually, I've only been to one and a half conventions, as I mentioned last week. Half of the one in Vegas and then this one I completed. Makes you wonder, though. I missed half of that one and then I got COVID at this one. (laughs) Let me back up from the banquet. The banquet closes out the convention. One of the other things that goes on during general sessions, they vote for members of the national board. They vote for certain positions on the national board, secretary, treasurer, and so forth. Now, I don't think any of the big positions came up. I think it was mostly board members this year. So some folks didn't run again because they've gotten older and don't want to do it anymore. It's a lot. It's a lot to do, and I can only imagine. And again, folks are all around the country. So to be on the national board and I don't know how often you have to go to Baltimore to participate in things, or if it's mostly done, maybe since COVID now, mostly done via Zoom. I don't know, but it's a lot to do. And so elections are held. Everybody who is a member can vote. Resolutions, which is also something, in, they were a lot better in Vegas because there was There were more contentious ones in Vegas, I should say. In Houston, there was only one that sounded like it was going to be close, where there were people lining up on both sides, and it turns out it wasn't even that close. But most of the resolutions, and I'll give you an example of one, one was a resolution for the major sports leagues to provide real-time audio for blind folks in the stadium. It doesn't matter if you're not in the stadium, when you hear what's going on. But if you're in the stadium and like Brian and all of us learned, there was about a 30 second delay if you had a transistor radio or if you use the app. If you're sitting in the stadium and somebody hits a homer and everybody's cheering, you say, hey, what the hell happened? With this device, you can listen in real time. So when somebody hits a homer, you know what's going on. When somebody's caught stealing, you know what's going on, whatever it may be. And because I didn't use any device, I was lost for most of the game, (laughs) which I, I will talk more about in the next episode. But I did talk to somebody from the Astros this week, and then I talked to somebody from the Phillies, and I have some good news on that. Seems like these devices that they used at Minute Maid Park are used in most of the stadiums now. So... Maybe Major League Baseball is on board. I don't know about football, uh, basketball, and hockey, or the MLS. I don't know. I have to tell you, I don't live far from where the union play, and I'd love to go there in the MLS. I'd love to go to a game if they have some sort of real-time audio that would be available. And I know I've talked about this fairly often, and someone that I know who goes to his share of Premier League games over in the U.K., although his team (laughs) got relegated this year. He talks about a device where volunteers do commentary so you kind of know what's going on. And they give the devices when you walk in, you go to get these devices. The device I found out from the Astros is called Listen, and they are very successful with it, the lady told me. So when I called the Phillies a day or two later, they said they have a device, I can go to it. So I am going to try that, hopefully in the next week or two, because coming up later in August, Brian Fischler is going to do leg two of his baseball tour, and I want to make sure I know where to go to get the device so we can get them and listen to the game when he comes to town. So that was a resolution, and surprisingly, some people actually voted against that, and I don't get it. I just don't get it. That's a slam dunk for 
anybody who's blind. I don't know why you wouldn't want that. And maybe they have some other beef with it. But I was surprised it wasn't unanimous. Most of them were unanimous. There were 18 of them. There was one that was a little contentious. And then all of the others were mostly unanimous. So that's one afternoon. And and that takes quite a while. That's a whole afternoon session. And it was great to have those folks um, speak for and against the one that they talked about. And I'm not going to get into the gist of it. Uh, I will link to them over on the NFB site if you want to have a look. So that's what goes on during general sessions. And again, there they had a presentation from Mike from Be My Eyes. And he, to me, was one of the best presenters that was at the conference. He talked about Be My Eyes and the virtual volunteer. And they have a new name for it, but I think we're always going <laughs> to call it virtual volunteer, where they use AI. And Brian used AI a few times when we were out to dinner to read different parts of the menu and so forth and so on. So that part was very cool. But he was good. Jonathan Mosen was also good. Jonathan Mosen does a pretty highly rated podcast that he just changed the name, and I forget what it's called, Living Blindfully or something like that. Again, I'll link to it in the show notes. He also gave a, uh, a good presentation. Jonathan Mosen likened folks who criticize organizations like the NFB for being too militant and trying to get stuff done to a child's book called The Big Red Hen. And The Big Red Hen, the lead of the book, this hen, is taking care of the wheat and growing the wheat. Nobody's interested. None of the other farm animals are interested in taking care of the wheat and helping it grow and planting it, whatever. But when it's time to eat the bread from that wheat, everybody's interested. And they, he likened it to that, where everybody wants stuff done, but they're saying, oh, you're militant for pushing, the, pushing a certain thing. Again, like the, the guide dogs in uh, the rideshare cars. Everybody wants it to be good, but nobody takes care of it and does it. And the NFB is one of the organizations that pushes and will sue and they've sued Uber a few times. That's why I think it was funny that they sent someone. Because it's got to be accessible to folks. And they liken it to, you know, when an app becomes completely accessible, all blind people use it. Not just the people in the NFB who push to get it done or whatever organization may have pushed to get it done. Everybody who is blind will use it or take advantage of being able to use it. And it was very spot on, I thought. And I will look to see if that presentation is somewhere via audio, because I, again, I thought it was very, I've heard from more than a few people that the NFB is militant. And I kind of take exception to that again, because we're just trying, you just try to get stuff done. You've got to advocate for yourself and you've got to advocate for the, for blind folks. If you think that's militant, so be it. Then it's militant. I mean, we're not taking over buildings (laughs) yet. (laughs) So that's what goes on at general sessions. And then again, during the banquet, getting back to the banquet, there are speeches. The president of the organization, his name is Mark Riccobono. He gives a speech during the convention. Other folks are speaking during the banquet and... You get to see the scholarship winners. They all line up. And they each get the same amount. And it, it used to be different. Everybody got different amounts. And there was one main winner. And the minimum you could win, I think, was two or $3,000. Now everybody gets the same. And I forget what that amount is. Six or 8000 bucks, I think. But there's 24 winners. And they call them scholarship finalists. And then they each are part of... There are different scholarships named for different people or different organizations that have sponsored them. The last one mentioned, there's just one winner of this last one that has this prestigious name, which I can't remember right now. They are the one that in the past would have won the big amount of money, which I think used to be around 20 grand. So that goes on. And then everybody says goodbye, wishes everybody a safe trip home and so forth and so on. So it was a nice... I enjoyed everything about the convention other than the air conditioning in the hotel, which up until last Monday, 
the 10th of July, I thought that's where I got a cold from, from all the air blowing on me and being so cold all the time. The last day, the last day during general sessions, as I mentioned, it was a little bit rainy out. And in the afternoon, I, I took my hoodie back because I was afraid I'd be wet from the rain and then I'd really freeze my butt off. But I put my hoodie on because I was so cold. So everything about the convention, again, great. But again, next year, Orlando, not, not very excited. Not very excited about it. We'll see if I go. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. I don't know at this point. We'll see what's going on with Liz and if we can travel somewhere else. I'd really love to get overseas to travel in Spain and France along the Mediterranean. And so we'll see. But that's what the convention is like. Now here in this week's Just Listen is what it sounded like. And I've got the introduction to Jonathan Mosen from President Mark Riccobono. I think I have some of his words that Jonathan Mosen spoke, not 100%. I, it's, again, it's been a while, and I haven't listened to it yet since I recorded it. It was also 4th of July, and I didn't capture any of this, but they, had, they sang the Star Spangled Banner. They sang America the Beautiful. They sang God Bless America, which I think I talked about last week. I was waiting for the Flyers to play. And they also had a mariachi band, which I'll throw some of that mariachi stuff in because that I thought was cool. And they were playing right in front of me, so that part was really neat. So I could hear it, and I could hopefully capture it. Sounds good on the audio, let's hope. But here we are with some sounds from the hashtag NFB23, the National Federation of the Blind National Convention, on this week's Just Listen. Uh, Maybe you know him from one of his internet radio uh, programs, now under the flag of Mushroom FM, home of the fun guys. Or you probably may know him from his highly successful uh, podcast to the blind community, now branded Living Blindfully. He brings his authentic experience as a blind person to what he does, and We've uh, been honored to work with him on a number of uh, things, including uh, last year's global concert, the We Are With You concert for blind Ukrainians, which was a very successful effort. He was very central to making that a reality, and I'm pleased that he's agreed to come to this stage to share his perspectives. Here's Jonathan Mosin. Among the many things I've done in my life, I have a background in radio, as the President said, and after all these years of hosting shows about blindness, current events, and technology, and providing entertainment to our community, and raising money for an important cause or two, I still believe in the power of the internet to do good, to be a vehicle for bringing us together to have a place that's uniquely ours, where we're not trying to explain blindness to sighted people, we are exclusively and unashamedly talking about the things that matter to us. So now you hear what it sounded like there. And again, it was a huge room. I don't know that all 2,500 people were ever in it. But it was a huge room. And again, each state had their own section. We had two rows of chairs for Pennsylvania. Some places, I I think there was around 40 people from Pennsylvania who went. Some states had hundreds. Of course, Texas had close to 400. California had quite a few. I want to say just under 200. And Nebraska had quite a few people there, too, which I thought was interesting. I haven't released a new episode of White Canes Connect, so we'll just do a general message for White Canes Connect. It's the podcast of the National Federation of the Blind of Pennsylvania. Please check it out. Apple, Spotify, most of the places you get podcasts, you can get White Canes Connect. And it was very interesting when I was talking to the husband of the blind chef, I gave him my card, and I can't see you card. And I said, I do another podcast called White Canes Connect. 
And somebody who was standing there waiting to give their email address to get on this lady's mailing list said, oh, what's that called? And then he immediately started searching for it. And so I think we picked up at least one more listener there in Houston. So again, check out White Canes Connect podcasts wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube at PA Blind Podcast. That will do it for episode 238. As usual, remember, show notes are available over on the website, icantseeyou.com slash 238. That's icantseeyou.com slash 238, all numbers. And remember, I Can't See You sounds like a whole sentence, but it's only seven characters long. I-C-A-N-T-C-U dot com slash 238. As usual, if you need to contact me, feel free to reach out on the socials at David Benj, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and on YouTube where you can find the podcast as well, and on threads at David Benj. If you have checked out threads, seems very similar to Instagram to me and not the ability to add alt tags, at least the last time I was on there. But that's a story for, <laughs> for another day. You can also reach out via email. I can't see you podcast at gmail.com. I can't see you podcast at gmail.com. Please reach out if you have interest or questions about the dinner for a week fundraiser from the Keystone chapter of the NFB of Pennsylvania. I can't see you podcast at gmail.com if you need more information. Or if you've got questions, comments, show ideas, anything like that, again, hit me up on the email, I can't see you podcast at gmail.com. You can also reach out via the phone, 646-926-6350. You've got up to three minutes to leave your question, comment, show idea, anything you've got. Please reach out, 646-926-6350. Please leave your name in town if you do leave a message. I'd love to know who you are and where you're from. Thanks so much for sticking with me on this one. I'm glad my voice kind of held out. Be well, stay safe, and I will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the I Can't See You podcast with David. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And don't forget to share the podcast with your friends.